Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. Just like last week, all of our stories today are going to be from police officers, and they will all be anonymous since some of them are still active duty. When I was a probationary constable, I was on patrol with a senior constable in Adelaide, South Australia. We received a noise complaint of a party in an old derelict building on the outskirts of the city. As we approached, there was a man standing waving us down. From the car, the noise was deafening concert loud. Now, this is a heritage-listed home built circa 1700s. The windows were all covered by boards and the lighting came through the cracks. The whole property had a two-meter fence with barbed wire atop. As we could find no way in, the fire department was called for help. About 30 minutes later, with more backup to catch the possible squatters living in the house, everyone was in position to make entry. Three, two, one. Ground floor breached officers yelling their presence. The house thrust into darkness and no one was there but us. Twenty members of the emergency services staring at each other. Most had confused looks on their faces. Next shift, I was informed that the house with the party was indeed over 100 years old and was sealed over 40 years ago after a party guest was killed. The house was deemed unsafe as the cause of death was unknown. The house was never ever connected to or built for electricity. Yet on that night, over 20 professional people heard loud music from the 80s and through the cracks saw the lighting of a modern day disco. To this day, my friends and I still don't know what it was and we definitely don't talk about it. I think I've experienced something supernatural, but I'm not sure because I have no idea what it was. My partner Ira and I were traveling down a six-lane highway on a routine patrol in a two-man car. We were passing a large office building on the left and a parking lot on the right, when about 50 feet ahead of us, a straight line of fire sprung up from the pavement all the way across the road and it burned for several seconds. It was hundreds of individual flames like it came from a pilot light, not a constant flame like someone had spread some type of accelerant or fuel across the road and ignited it. The road, which was at least 60 feet wide, was completely abandoned, not a car or person in sight. Ira looked at me and said, Did you see that? As he quickly stopped the car and activated the blue lights to warn any cars that might approach. Strangely enough, there was no car coming in either direction. It was as if time stood still for everything around except for him and me. There was not even anyone talking on the police radio. We got out of the car and approached the area of the road cautiously questioning if it might happen again. Using our flashlights, we searched for any evidence of the fire, but couldn't even find where the fire had been. Not even a discoloration of the pavement. We were baffled by this and were never able to explain it. Supernatural? I'm not sure, but it certainly was extraordinary.
I used to be a cop in the French military police and in the small city that I was working. There was this huge abandoned military hospital. It was pretty creepy, I must say. I'd been inside it and I'd seen that there was once a huge fire inside and the firefighter had written on the walls the number of people killed by the fire. I didn't like going in there even though it was part of my job from time to time. So on this particular night, it was around 2 a.m., we were patrolling in the city center and we received a call saying that someone living next to the building was complaining about the noises. He'd said that he could hear chains being moved and people screaming. We were very close, so in like 30 to 45 seconds we got there. We couldn't hear anything. It was very calm and very peaceful. I have to say that it was impossible to enter the building since we had locked up the two entrances. Nobody could ever get inside and that night we checked both entrances. Nothing had been broken. So yeah, it's probably nothing, but it was pretty weird. Later on, my colleagues told me that they were called pretty often about noises in the old military hospital, which scared the crap out of me. One night, I was just leaving a home burglary call. I started driving and a neighbor lady flagged me down. She was at least 75 years old, wearing a nightgown. I stopped, got out. She asked me if I wanted some coffee. I said, oh no, thank you, as she was walking to her porch. She said that her sons were policemen. I watched her walk in and said, thank you, but I have to go. She just kind of waved. So I got in, started driving off, and another guy, about 45 years old, stopped me and says, did they break into the Freeman house again? I said, no, your neighbor at the end of the cul-de-sac got burglarized. He said, well, why were you walking around the Freeman house? I said, oh, I was just talking to the lady who lived there. He said, no one lives there. I said, a lady lives there. I just talked to her. He starts freaking, and he says, Miss Freeman died a year ago. That house has been boarded up. So I start telling the guy, no, that house, and I point. He said, yes, that house, it's boarded up. So me and him walk back to that house, and I shit you not, it is boarded up and dark. That turned me into a paranormal believer that day. And in case you're curious, I asked the man if she had sons that were cops, and he said yes, all three of her sons were cops. One of my supervisory officers died at a very young age from lung cancer despite never having smoked a single cigarette. He was aware of the diagnosis and tried quite a few treatments to overcome the disease. He had taught me a lot about leadership, accountability, and attention to detail, and especially proactive policing. I went to his funeral. He had orchestrated his own funeral. And in the church, we first heard his recorded voice talking about his belief in the hereafter. As a boy, he had been injured in a bicycle crash and had an out-of-body experience. He described it very meticulously. He pointed to that as the reason that he had sought to be the best officer he could ever be and why he was so fearless. On leaving the church and as his casket was taken to the hearse, sirens all over the city went off. 
and the church bells rang as well. At the funeral, the casket was placed into position. There was a three-volley gun salute and the plane of taps. Immediately after that, the missing man formation of aircraft flew over the cemetery. Here's what's strange about all of that. My sergeant was not a military veteran. He was not a member of the National Guard. The entire thing to me was supernatural. I know why each of those events happened and what they represent. But why did they happen in fact at those exact moments at a funeral that was not connected to any of those events? Working in border towns, there's a lot of highways and ranches, and at night it gets really dark. I'm talking about the type of darkness where you can't see your hand in front of your face. So one night, I'm driving along the highway, and the only light source is the one coming from my high beams, so I don't mistakenly run over any animals. About 150 meters in front of me, I see a man run across the highway and jump into the ranch. So I pull over to the area that I last seen the man and I turn on my flashlight to scan the area. While looking, all that I was thinking was it sure smelled horrible like something had died. I brushed it off as normal because there are all types of wildlife and things to die in that area. After about five minutes of scanning, I had seen the man laying down with his hoodie covering his head, hiding behind some bushes. I identify myself as law enforcement and I command him in English and Spanish to stand up because I see him and he doesn't budge an inch. I get a little closer to the man. I grab his shoulder and turn him around. That's when I jumped and gasped in disbelief because this man was dead. When the coroner arrived, they said the man had been dead for at least a day or maybe two, so it was no way possible that he had died when I had seen him cross the road. This ultimately led me to just believe that the man's spirit wanted us to find the body, and we did. My dad, who's now retired, was an officer for Bihar Police. He has many stories, but this is very fascinating, and I still remember it. He was posted at a district that lies along the Bengal border. There is a highway that connects the eastern part of India and goes all the way to Bangladesh. Once during the winter season, he started getting many complaints about trucks going off the road a bit more frequently than normal. There were a few accidents, too. He ignored these completely, linking it to the season and the fog. As there was no death resulting out of these accidents, no one was bothered. Come summer, he was still getting complaints about frequent accidents. This sort of made him a bit curious, and by that time, there were a few computer operators that had joined. Dad asked them to gather some data for the last few years and find out if there was any relation between season and accidents or not. But he had no luck. There was hardly any difference in the number of accidents and the season except all of the accidents were reported within a 100-meter stretch of that highway. Even more interesting is that part of the road goes straight. There was a bend about 300 to 400 meters back. If trucks were to slip, skid, or go off the road, that would have been the spot. 
Another thing was that there were no reported incidents involving cars, jeeps, or etc. It was always trucks. Also, the time of these mishaps were always between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. So this was not making any sense. So he decided to plant himself at the reported location for a few days. A temporary police booth was built slightly before the bend to safeguard them from any mishaps. Per law, a trucker going off-road on any undesignated area can be fined and may be arrested. He was in luck. First day itself, a truck went off-road at the same spot. When his juniors brought the driver in for questioning, the driver was drunk and he was of no use and said he does not remember and may have even dozed off. This is what the expectations as well from the police perspective. But over the next 15 days, there were more than 20 incidents and almost everyone had the exact same explanation. They would all suddenly see five to six teenage girls appear right in front of them on a bicycle. In order to avoid the accidents, they would apply the brakes to the truck and some of them skid off. At first, my father did not believe their story, thinking just to avoid the fines, they were making it up. But then almost everyone told the exact same story, so he had no option to accept it. Later, he did search for old case files for that area and surprisingly found out that at that same spot where accidents are reported, an actual accident had happened long back where a truck exceeding the speed limit had mowed down a few schoolgirls on bikes going to school. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.